0: contains graphic or mature material. Depictions of murder, violence, and the death of a minor child are discussed in detail during this podcast. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome back. We are the Cold Case Crew. We are a group of friends who have gotten together to take a look at some of the oldest cold cases around to give new life and perhaps a new hope of resolution to a decades-old story that has long since been silenced. My name is Whitney. It's Ashley. And I'm Beth. You guys ready for more? Yes. Absolutely. Let's dive into our second case, the murder of Teresa Ann Woods. But before I begin, I want to reiterate that this case does involve the death of a minor child, a young girl. So if you're easily triggered, you may want to just go ahead and stop here. On Thursday, February 20th, 1986... 13-year-old Teresa Woods began her day like any other day. Her mother, Betty Holcomb, dropped she and her friend, Angel Skaggs, off at school and proceeded to work at b Convalescent. That day, Teresa was adorned in a purple shirt, blue jeans, gray suede boots with a fur lining and a blue jean jacket. Teresa attended Collins Middle School in Oak Hill, West Virginia, but she'd only been there for about a year. Her mother, Betty, had recently married Rick Holcomb, and the pair had moved with Teresa to Oak Hill from Powelton in order to be closer to their job and to start their new life together. Teresa was described as shy, introverted. She didn't make friends easily and was somewhat of a scaredy cat, according to her father, Donald Woods. Teresa loved to play the saxophone and was apparently very, very good at it, and she also played the electric keyboard. She was also said to have been an honor student and excelled academically. Teresa was close to her family, in particular her mom, Betty. The family recalls memories of Teresa carrying around her baby cousin, and she would carry the baby around as though it was her own baby. And I think that speaks to Teresa's kind-hearted nature. I agree. When school let out that day, Teresa began the 0.8-mile walk to B&B Convalescent at 153 Main Street. If she proceeded at a steady pace, the walk should have only taken her about 20 minutes, but Teresa would never make it to her destination.
0: I just, I know it had to be so cold that day, and that just kind of lends to the fact that, you know, she didn't have a lot of clothing on. Maybe somebody that she knew did offer her a ride. That's just what I keep thinking about that whole situation.
1: Yeah, February in West Virginia is very cold. And blue jean jackets are not warm. Of
0: course, we didn't dress for warmth. We dressed to look cool back then. Cool and cute. Yeah.
1: Which, who wouldn't want to look cool and cute at 13?
0: Exactly.
1: Teresa normally made the trek to b Convalescent with her friend Angel. However, on this particular day, Angel caught the bus to bring some school books to her brother, who was homesick. She had planned to drop the books and meet up with Teresa somewhere along her path, but... She never did.
0: See, I hate that. The one day that her and Angel aren't together walking to the B&B Convalescent, this happens. It's just shattering.
1: And kind of ironic, right?
0: Right. Coincidence? I, I think, think not. not.
1: The last sighting of Teresa was at a 7-Eleven on Jones Avenue, which is about .2 miles from Collins Middle School. In fact, Ash and I did walk this. You can see the gas station from Collins. It's that close. Teresa was reported to be leaning against a pole at the gas station around 3 p.m. when she was spotted, but where could she have gone from there? What would have caused her to veer off her normal
2: path? Well, someone she knew offered her a ride. She probably for sure took it.
1: Yeah, I definitely
0: don't think that somebody just pulled up and grabbed her and threw her in a car because there's too many
2: people around to see that. I think someone would have found that very odd. Yes. When
1: Teresa failed to arrive at b Convalescent several hours later, her mother began to worry. Initially, she had believed that her daughter had stopped somewhere along the way, but Teresa was said to have been scared of the dark, and she knew that her daughter wouldn't have been out at nightfall by choice. Betty called Teresa's father, Donald Woods, who, upon hearing of his daughter's disappearance, closed his store in Kimberly and promptly made the drive to Oak Hill. Donald immediately began to retrace Teresa's steps. Starting at Collins Middle School, down Jones Avenue to Main Street, Betty, Donald, multiple family members and friends searched tirelessly, but their efforts were futile. It was as though Teresa had just vanished.
0: You know, this reminds me of a comment that Donald had made. It was either a newspaper article or something that I've read along the way where he said his mother, her grandmother, lived next door to him and he would have to watch her walk all the way over to his mother's house when she was going to visit her grandmother. And it was because, literally
1: across the yard. Yes. She was so scared. She yes. was so
0: scared that he would have to watch her the entire way. So that tells you she's not going to get in the car with some strange person.
1: Around 5.30 p.m., the family called the West Virginia State Police to report Teresa's disappearance, but were initially met with the assumption that she was a runaway. Haven't we heard that multiple times in our research? Oh, yes. For multiple cases. The family knew in their hearts that this was not the case. Something was terribly wrong. Donald Woods, he began making flyers with his daughter's photograph on them. He distributed them all around Oak Hill and the surrounding areas in Fayette County. At one point, it appeared that every building in Oak Hill was peppered with flyers of the missing girl's face. Something that I thought was kind of interesting and threw in here, one of the volunteers who helped print and distribute flyers for Donald Woods was Kathy Carroll, who several months later ended up being the victim of another murder. Which is not really been solved either so it's still a cold case as well yeah, yeah.
0: I think we saw somewhere where Donald Woods said that Kathy Carroll's father father had visited him and that they kind of bonded on the fact that they had both lost their daughters which is so sad
1: multiple reports flooded in with sightings of Teresa but none of them checked out There is an unconfirmed early report, though, that has circulated that was mentioned in a newspaper article that may have put Teresa as far as Main Street on February 20th. As described in the report, Teresa was seen getting into a blue car on Main Street. But again, I cannot get verification on this, on if it actually happened, or who gave the report, but I did see it in the newspaper. In March of 1986, the family started up a fund for a reward for anybody who could provide information regarding Teresa's disappearance. Her name was also added to a list with the Missing Children's Foundation. Multiple news outlets covered the story, but still no reports came in regarding her whereabouts. About four months after she went missing on June 5th, 1986. And you guys, I'm telling you, we're getting into the part, so trigger warning again. John and Gerald Davis were out catching minnows in Laurel Creek near Fayetteville when they stumbled upon the scattered remains of a young girl. Along with the remains which were skeletonized by the point of discovery. They also found some scraps of clothing that matched what Teresa had been wearing the day she disappeared and several tufts of bright red hair. It's important to note that the police believe the body to have been intact at the point of disposal and that the scattered nature was due to animals that had been scavenging. That's sad.
0: It's very sad.
1: I always hate reading this
0: part. Well, we want people to know part of the story, but it is hard to read it knowing that the family has to think about these
1: things again. The remains were taken to the state medical examiner's office in South Charleston. Identification via dental records was slightly delayed, though, because the family had recently sent them off to the California Department of Justice, which has a nationwide database for missing children. But ultimately, the remains were confirmed to be Teresa's. I guess my question is, how did Teresa get from... The 7-Eleven on Jones Avenue in Oak Hill to Laurel Creek, which I guess was about eight miles away. Given her introverted nature and like Beth and Ashley have touched on earlier, it's unlikely that Teresa would have gotten into a vehicle with a stranger. Also unlikely the scenario that Teresa would have been forced into a vehicle against her will. Given the time of day, the steady traffic on Jones Avenue, school had just let out, This, in my opinion, would have to have been somebody that Teresa was familiar with. She accepted a ride, and it cost her her life. As noted, the clothing and jewelry that were found along with the body that day matched what she had been wearing. This led investigators to believe that she had been murdered and placed in Laurel Creek somewhere around the 20th. Right after. Yeah, on February 20th or maybe the next day at the very latest.
0: I'm sure once someone did whatever they decided to do to her, they weren't going to just keep her around. They decided, well, we've got to get rid of this evidence or I've got to or whoever.
1: Something interesting to note, when the family was doing the initial search for Teresa, one of her family members confirmed that they were about a half of a mile away from where they would eventually find her body. And they were encouraged to turn around. It's just an old logging road. Nothing down here. Let's turn around to me that seems like
2: maybe somebody knew something that they didn't want discovered. Well, I think someone said that you had to know that area to know that road.
0: Well, and apparently that person had been on that road earlier that afternoon.
1: Though the cause of death has not been publicly announced to this day, there was reasonable belief from the coroner's report for the police to rule Teresa's death a homicide, and the Fayette County Sheriff's Department had handled the investigation as such. There have been two angles that the police have used to investigate the case. The first of which is a crime motivated by sex. We'll get into that a little bit later. And the second was an abduction that was the result of months of stalking the young girl. I tend to side with the first rather than the latter, though.
0: Well, I think the instead of stalking, I think, you know, there was something definitely going on in her home life that was affecting her. And it had something to do with all this.
1: But it does appear that whoever did this knew Angel Skaggs was not with her that day. Exactly. They knew she would be alone, and they knew she would be willing. Right. Teresa was notably a private girl and didn't open up to her friends and family about her personal trials. The weekend before she went missing, she was at her father's house in Powelton. Donald Woods recalls that his daughter was visibly upset and had been crying. When he approached her about what was troubling her, she refused to tell him, simply stating that, she would get in trouble and Oak no Hill if she did
2: like i'm just saying if this was my daughter and she was acting like this i would have to dig into that yeah there's no way my kid would be going back to I their would, other parents or i would I be having a, what was going on i would be having a conversation with the other parent absolutely like whether you get along or not i don't know what their situation situation was, was but i just wouldn't be able to just send her back well,
0: we, we also need to remember, and I'm just going to throw this out here, in the 80s was a simpler time, and things were a lot different back then. The things that we know that happened to children now, we didn't know those things back then. When I was growing up, you know, you left your doors unlocked, your car doors unlocked. I walked everywhere. Those things just didn't, or you didn't think they
2: happened back then but still you know your kid and you know if something is wrong exactly
1: I also just want to point out in this section that she was supposed to go to her father's house the next weekend as well the weekend that she died the weekend after she died yeah that was mentioned to us that she was supposed to go see her father the next weekend
0: so she may have been pushed harder to find out what was going on that weekend
1: Mm -hmm. this behavior though it wasn't a one-time thing she wasn't just having a bad day for at least a month a month Teresa had been visibly upset. She begged her mother to let her return to her old school. And honestly, just like any parent, you would assume that she was just having an adjustment issue. Her mother urged her to finish out the remainder of the school year at Collins and agreed to reevaluate the situation at the conclusion of the year. I might've been a little concerned that it was taking about a month, but I can definitely understand this as somebody who went to five junior highs in three years. And when you are that age being taken away from your friends and everything you know, it's devastating.
0: Yeah, I cannot imagine. I think Ashley and I both have same grown school. up with the same school, the same friends our whole entire life. So it's just a really imagine. it's
1: a really hard time to be taken away from your friends. So I see where her mother might just assume it was an adjustment issue. Yes. Much like any other young girl at the time, Teresa's friends were very important to her. She was said to have spent most of her time next door with her friend Angel, only returning to shower and sleep. Though, that isn't strange behavior by any means for a girl her age. There was an account of Teresa asking if she could stay with Skaggs, which is a little bit odd. Which is weird,
2: yes.
0: Well, I mean, you kind of wonder, like, why would your child not want to live at home? Well, you know, there's got to be something going on.
1: Your child wants to move back in with their father. Your child wants to... Staying next
0: door. the best friend. Yeah. She Something's going on. Should
2: have been a red flag.
1: The only other clue as to what was going on in Teresa's personal life at the time was that she was said to have had a crush on a local boy named Alan. And the two were supposed to go on a date to the movies with his parents the weekend after... February 20th. There was a report of a father who had gotten a call from Teresa and I'm gonna say it was Teresa in air quotes because even though they believed it to be her the son who the call was intended for was not home at the time and the girl didn't say who she was so there's no way to actually prove that it was Teresa. And something else to note regarding this date, Teresa's mother and stepfather apparently had gotten into a very heated discussion regarding it. There was a report that stated that the two fought over whether or not Teresa was old enough to date and I believe ultimately it was agreed upon that she was allowed to see the boy assuming both Betty and Rick met him first.
0: Well and I can understand the parents wanting to meet him but they're going on a date to the movies with his parents. It was... It's innocent. It's very innocent. I can't understand why certain people would be so upset. Still see?
2: There are
1: several red flags I would like to raise. First off at the time of her disappearance... Rick Holcomb, Teresa's stepfather, was on a run with the ambulance for his job. From personal accounts that we have gathered, Rick and Angel Skaggs went out to look for Teresa as early as 3.30. That is a like, full what? hour before Betty would call to alert the family because Betty called at 4.30 to alert the family in Palton. The pair were also said to have been out looking for Teresa before he had returned from his ambulance run. So how would Rick even know that Teresa was missing?
0: How did Rick and Angel end up together looking for her?
1: Well, good question. Remember, we are in the time of no cell phones.
2: Exactly. He had to run home and change.
1: Well... That was noted that he went home and changed his clothes before they all met back up again or before they started looking. He had changed out of his work clothes.
0: Yeah, that's a little strange.
1: Which I'm wondering if maybe that's where he ran into Angel. The Skaggs were neighbors with the Holcombs. So perhaps when she was home dropping books off,
2: she bumps into Rick. But So how would they know that they need to go look for Teresa? He shouldn't even know. You shouldn't have even known at that point.
1: Another story that we were told states that a friend of Rick Holcomb's at the time actually drove a blue car. Remember the blue car mentioned
0: mm-hmm. from the
1: unconfirmed report? Yes. However, the day after her disappearance, it was noted that this friend painted the vehicle red, put a silencer on the car, and then promptly sold it. Which sounds awfully like a very strange coincidence to me. Is this the blue car that Teresa was seen getting into? Because this person wouldn't have been a stranger.
2: Makes sense for her to get into the car.
0: And this was the neighbor that she was familiar with and knew and trusted. Trusted, spent time around family, her stepfather. So, why wouldn't she? Exactly.
1: Teresa was laid to rest on June 10th, 1986, in Glasgow, West Virginia. Her father, Donald Woods, put a Cabbage Patch doll in her coffin with her, and that's the end of her story. A young girl taken before her life could really begin. Though he never gave up hope that he would live to see the day his daughter's killer would be brought to justice, Donald Woods did not get that chance. This month, it will be 36 years since Teresa's murder. Teresa's mother and family are still hoping for a resolution. I guess we'll just go ahead and open this up for discussion where we volley ideas around and raise questions regarding the case. Does that sound good? Great. We'll start with Angel and Rick. Just because they started searching together at like 3.30, I find it a little bit odd. And that he changed clothes.
0: Well, I think it's a lot odd that when Betty and Rick divorced, Rick and Angel lived together.
2: He moved in with her. Yes. I wonder how old she was at this time. Way way younger than him.
0: Yeah, she's way younger than him, but I think she was of age, I hope.
2: Because she was 17 when this happened. And
1: I believe she had children at this time, too, because... I want to say that she had her first child in 1991, which I want to say she's like 21 at the time. I don't personally know exactly when Rick and Betty got divorced, but... Just from information we got
0: from family members, I think you're probably right around the the correct age.
1: That's just very, very odd. And why would she even want to live with him? Just a random thought. Um, We can also discuss... Some questionable behavior between Rick and some family members.
0: Yeah, apparently he had treated some family members very poorly. You don't do that with your family. No.
1: And then we can also discuss the neighbor with the car.
0: The fact that he turned around a half mile away during the search, was a half mile away from where she was found, and said, let's turn around. And then painted his car and sold it.
2: Well, this is a different person that painted the car and sold it. The, oh,
0: the, yeah, that's right. That was the neighbor. The neighbor.
2: The aunt's boyfriend is the one that was going down turn that road. Turn around, yeah. And he's like, oh, we
0: should turn around now. That's pretty. It's like a three-man act. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a three-man act.
2: Because why would you paint your car a different color and sell it immediately? Maybe because you picked somebody up in it. <laughs> because you were and seen, picking a girl. It? Yeah. <laughs>
1: and see, where this case is open right now, we have no access to police reports. We're not privy to any type of information that would tell us whether or not they have explored that avenue. Right. Have they tracked down this car? Have they tracked down this, this friend of Rick's? I don't know.
0: Yeah, we, we have not heard anything about witness statements or possible suspects. Well,
1: we know that Rick Holcomb is a possible suspect. Yes,
0: we know he was given a polygraph, and it was considered to be deceptive results. Deceptive
1: result. An angel... Didn't take one. Her family would not let her take one because she was a minor at the time.
0: Well, and that's kind of understanding. But she was
1: 17. Well, she's not 17 now.
0: No, she's not. grown woman.
1: And then I don't know if they ever talked to the aunt's boyfriend because that's somebody that I think they definitely should explore. Now, I think he is deceased. Is he deceased now? Yeah.
0: There is some other little tidbits we got from some of the people we spoke with in the family. One was that someone wondering if there was a Zippo lighter found at the place where they found Teresa.
1: All we know is that they found some new and incredible evidence. That's all that has been stated in the newspapers. Nobody has said anything of what was found. I did ask if the whole body had been recovered, which it had. And I'd asked if her um, clothing and personal effects had been recovered. They confirmed that that had been. They didn't mention anything else. But I would be very, very interested to know about the Zippo lighter. Yeah, so would I.
2: So the Zippo lighter comes from, because Rick lost his lighter. That day. She day she went missing. That day she went missing and had to go and buy a new one. And he right. only used his, Zippos. And that's where the Zippo lighter comes into play. Yeah.
1: I also want to stress that her cause of death has been withheld. The family is not privy to this information.
0: They chose not to be. They did not want to know.
1: The public is in the dark. Nobody knows what happened to her except the police and the person that did this.
0: And that's probably why it's best to stay where it is until they catch the person or persons who committed the crime.
2: As a mom, it's important to talk about how she found out about her kid being found.
0: I thought about this a lot, and we did have a family member tell us that she heard it over the radio or over the TV, but then I saw in an article that she had heard it over the scanner, and her working for the convalescent home, there was a good chance she had a scanner, and if somebody, when those two men stumbled upon Teresa's remains and they called police, they would call 911, and the first thing that would happen at that point is that would go out across the scanner that somebody's remains were found and then there's probably everything that the police are discussing. Could this be this person? Could it be that? Who knows how many people were missing at that time?
1: Say there probably weren't a lot of young teenage girls With missing. red hair.
0: And they found the red hair. And, and it's horrible that she heard that way. I wish that somebody could change that because the one family member we spoke to, remember she said it was the most horrible scream she'd ever heard. Horrific
2: scream. It gives me chills.
0: It does me too. It makes my hair stand up. It breaks my heart as a mother. It's, it's is heartbreaking
2: the whole thing is heartbreaking but just to have to find out like that there's no sympathy over the radio
0: I can't imagine um I do want to say before we finish that just because we are finished with discussing and putting out one of our cases does not mean we are stopping any kind of work on it we are still continuing to work on Patricia Sue Richmond and we will continue to work on Teresa Ann Woods
2: if you or anyone you know has any information regarding the murder of Teresa Woods Please call Crime Stoppers at 304-255-STOP. You can even submit a tip online at www.crimestopperswestvirginia.org. You are not required to give your name and are able to submit anonymously.
1: We are a very interactive group. If you have any thoughts regarding the case, check out our blog that has been posted on our website, www.coldcasecrewwv.com. We share newspaper clippings, maps, images of the areas pertaining to the case. We would love to hear from you and let us know what you think. What's your theory?